This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. We knew ahead of Monday's WASDE report that it's very rare for USDA to adjust its corn yield figure from June to July. It's only happened four times in the past 20 years, and each time it's been a reduction, and due to unusually low crop condition ratings and poor soil moisture reserves during June. Little wonder, then, that pre-report trade expectations were for at least some reduction from the record 179.5 bushel per acre estimate in June. They didn't. They left it at the June level. As if anticipating and addressing the trade expectations, they included this statement in the preamble to the WASD itself. During June, harvested area weighted precipitation for the major corn producing states is below normal, but did not represent an extreme deviation from the 1988 to 2020 average. For much of the crop, the critical pollination period will be during the middle and late July, and USDA will provide its first survey-based corn yield forecast of the season in the August 12th crop production report, unquote. The irony was that in the actual crop report that accompanied the WASDE report, They included a pair of U.S. maps showing departures from normal in temperatures and the percent of normal precipitation. The temperature map showed for for the month of June as a whole, all of the southern plain states, the delta states, and the southeast had been warmer than normal to extremely warmer than normal from coast to coast. As for the precipitation map for June, it showed that not only was everything northwest of a diagonal line from Texas to Michigan had received lower to much lower than normal precipitation, Much of the region southeast of that line had been a mix of lower than normal to much above normal rainfall to the point of being too wet for ideal crop development. Most glaring of all, the crop report made no mention whatsoever of the complete lack of subsoil moisture reserves that had contributed to reduced yield estimates from June to July from the other four times in the past 20 years. It was as if that didn't even matter this time around for some reason. Slash yields for oats and barley as well as spring wheat tell the tale. We rarely even mention those crops because so few of our subscribers grow them. But it's relevant to our corn conviction. The August crop report in WASDE will show irreversible damage to corn as already occurred in the northwestern corn belt. USDA cut the barley yield by 27%. They also cut the acres to be harvested by several percent. For oats, they slashed the anticipated yield by 14% and cut harvested oat acreage by 4%. Bloomberg News noted that this year's U.S. oats crop will be the smallest on record going back to 1866. Common logic says that a yield record is unlikely without at least normal subsoil moisture and average to better than average rainfall over the entire Corn Belt throughout the season, and not just the month of July. Yield cuts will be coming in the August reports. U.S. farmers are not the only ones suffering from weather. The Canadian drought is dire and looks to worsen. Drought conditions are now worsening in the Ukraine. They continue to tabulate the drought losses in Brazil. Honab released their July corn production numbers last week, coming in at 93.3 million metric ton. USDA came in at 93. Conab confirmed that their estimate was already three weeks old and therefore did not take into consideration both the frost or continued dry weather patterns. Frost damages could range anywhere from 2 to 4 million metric ton. 
This has sent the Brazilian domestic exchange, referred to as B3, up the limit for several consecutive days. Prices topped out at over 8.50 a bushel in late April, only to suffer a major correction that followed into late June. Prices have now rebounded and are hovering near 7.70 a bushel. This sets up pretty strong support level at 6.50. U.S. prices still remain very attractive compared to Brazilian corn prices for foreign buyers. Their market is becoming increasingly concerned about contract breaches as there will be some areas of Paraná with some losses of 60% or more. Farmer selling is slowed as they look to get further into harvest to see what they'll have left to sell after fulfilling their contracts. It's possible the frost could create additional quality issues as well, making them ineligible for export. Brazilian corn producers are complaining that CONAB's numbers are outside the realm of reality. Looking at the state of Paraná, CONAB maintains that the state will produce over 10 million metric ton when 7 is more likely, with 8 being the high end of the range. The frost not only damaged corn but also singed coffee and wheat fields in Paraná and Sao Paulo, as well as cotton fields up into the Model Grosso do Sol. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits.